You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Hallelujah. It's a good day. Jesus is risen. Amen. Hallelujah. I say Jesus is risen, hasn't he? He is alive. He's victorious. Praise the Lord. He has conquered hell, conquered death, conquered the grave. Praise the Lord. And all that he did, he did it for who? He did it for me. That's why I sing. That's why I dance. That's why I rejoice. He's a wonderful, wonderful God. Ask your neighbor, did you come to church this morning? I bet he or she did, right? Tell the person you shouldn't live the same way you came. Hallelujah, because God is here. Amen? The spirit of the risen Christ is here. And I know it. Hallelujah. Well, the truth is that for the performance of the choir, you can actually come to church. But I don't come because of the performance of the choir. I come because I know in his presence, I know in his presence there is what? Fullness of joy. And at his right hand, what happens? Pleasures forevermore. Okay? So when I come, I come expectant. I come with a certainty that I will encounter my Lord Jesus. You will encounter him today in the name of Jesus. Okay, last Sunday was um, the day that we mark and celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And we began to say last Sunday that it was an announcement. That day was an announcement, okay? 2,000 plus years ago, it was an announcement. The disciples woke up to hear the news that Jesus Christ is risen. He's no longer dead. He was not in the grave. He was not found. He had risen from the dead. And with that announcement, it became a different environment altogether. These were men that had gone to hide, that were afraid, were confused. And all of a sudden, the angels and the women began to announce to them, Jesus is not dead, he is alive. And based on that, everything had to begin to take a new turn. Now, on Wednesday, we also followed that up to see why did Jesus come Why did he die? Why was he raised from the dead? And we began to see that the reason all of that happened was that you and I can be reconciled to God. First of all, that we can be bought back. We can be taken, snatched from the pit and the hands and the hold of the devil and be set free. We said we are taken from the kingdom of darkness and we are what? Translated or transconveyed or transported into the kingdom of his dear son. And on Wednesday, we looked at the scripture. You can put it on the screen for us, please. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. And we see what Jesus Christ embodied for us, what he brought for us. And it talks about, of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for me wisdom from God. Praise the Lord. So in Christ's death and resurrection, this is what he has done for me. Let's read it. What does it say? Wisdom from God. What's the next one? And righteousness. And what's the next one? And what's the next one? 
Now these things are what he has done for me. Every of the things you see listed here, we couldn't have it. We didn't have it before his death and resurrection. He became for us one more time what? Wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. By his death, we are redeemed. Before he died, we were not redeemed. We are enemies. The Bible tells us that we have been reconciled with God and we have been committed, to us have been committed, the ministry of reconciliation. All this could happen because Jesus did what? Died and rose again. Now, if you and I are walking, coming short, are not walking or enjoying fully these things that are listed, then we are not living in the truth of that revelation or in the truth of that event that took place 2,000 plus years ago. Praise the Lord. We have become what? Reconciled to God. We have been what? Sanctified by God. We have also been received. We have been given the gift of his righteousness. So we work no longer as we used to. That's why the Bible can say, He that is in Christ is what? A new creation. All things have passed away. This is the new things that have come. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. This morning, we're going to go further. And what we want to do, still looking at the events and the things that happened around the resurrection, and see how we can make sure that we, we, we gather every component of what happened so that we don't fall short of the benefit. My prayer for me, for you, for everyone listening is that you and I will walk in the full benefit of Christ's sacrifice. Praise the Lord. None of us should come short of it in the name of Jesus. And, you know, a few of us here are, you know, are mathematicians. I know uh, Pastor Nath is a math teacher, so he will understand what I'm saying. One of the challenges I used to have in mathematics is that oftentimes when problems are given for you to solve, you might pick up the variables... And there is one that is hidden somewhere, and you don't find it. What happens is that as you go on to solve that problem and solve that problem, you will keep getting the wrong answers because there is an information given in the problem, praise the Lord, that you're missing out. But if you're able to pick up all the information, you realize that it's actually easy. That's why to some people, they say maths is easy. Have you heard people say maths is easy? Have you heard people say maths is the most difficult thing in life? Okay, it is because they don't see, because if, if they give you all the factors, it's easy. But you see, you, you notice as, um, as you advance in mathematics, you first have to solve to get what you used to solve the problem. Am I right? So they give you stories and then you have to solve and get all the factors you need before you begin to solve the problem that they in, 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 uninstructed or immature would solve. Now, in the resurrection, I want you to see something there. Are you with me? First thing I want us to see is what we have mentioned over and over, is that the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ was not an accident. It was not a coincidence. It was pre-planned. From the moment man fell, in fact, the Bible says Christ will, you know, die for us before the foundations of death. God being omniscient, God, knowing the end from the beginning, have provided for that already. But we're not there. Okay, let's take from what the Bible tells us. After Adam, 
After Adam and Eve fell, okay, at the garden, after they disobeyed and God said, the day you eat of the fruit of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what's going to happen? He said, you'll surely die. After they made that mistake and fell, something happened. In Genesis 3.15, you see where God spoke a word. He was speaking to the serpent, Genesis 3.15. He says, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman. And then he went forward and said, what? Between your seed and her seed. And this is what he says. He shall bruise your head, but you shall, what? Bruise his heel. That encounter did not take place until the cross. Praise the Lord. It didn't take place. Because at the cross, Satan actually bruised the heel of the seed of the woman. I know the seed of the woman is Jesus. All of us are the seed of man and woman. Praise the Lord. But our Lord Jesus was what? Born of a virgin. Okay? That's immaculate conception. So we see this pre-spoken. That's why the Bible says to us that the testimony of Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Christ is prophecy walking. And as we look and meditate and, you know, remember the things that happened at the cross, we cannot ignore any prophecy of scripture because all of them will what? Surely come to pass. Like with, it was in Wednesday on Sunday, we said, thus it is written and thus it was necessary for Christ to what? To suffer and die. Whatever is written must what? Come to pass. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay. And that's why also our Lord Jesus Christ speaking, answering the devil in the temptation, you know, said to him, man shall not live by what? Bread alone. But what shall man live by? But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What that says to me and what that says to you as well is that as a Christian, you know how necessary it is. How many of us haven't eaten for two days yet? Is there any person here who hasn't eaten for two days? Any person who hasn't eaten from, uh, it's about um, 9 o'clock to 10? Anybody who hasn't eaten for the last 24 hours? Anybody here? Okay. Praise the Lord. So we have all eaten in the last 24 hours, isn't it? Anybody here who hasn't eaten in the last um, 12 hours? Okay. Now what we are seeing here is this. Food. Natural food is necessary. You're smiling at me. You're sitting down normally here. Because there is what? Fufu. There is amala. There is rice. There is bread in your system. I get what I'm saying. But this is what our Lord Jesus Christ says. He says the word of God is more necessary than that food. Now, because it's a spiritual thing, you might not be able to tell the issue of the lack of it. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Because the world is spiritual and because the world is physical, if you immediately see someone who hasn't eaten for four days, you will know. But if you see someone who hasn't what, fed on the word of God, most likely you won't know. But can I tell you something? Some other person knows. The devil knows. He knows you haven't eaten spiritual food. And that's why he keeps, you know, beating us black and blue all the time. Because he knows that we are lacking in the revelation of God's word. That's why he can bring all kinds of things to us. He can bring fear. He can bring sickness. He can bring all kinds of things. 
I, I, someone was reading out to me recently and <laughs> I began to laugh. Someone was reading out that I don't know if you had seen that, you know, what, some of these things that forward. And what they were writing was that, have you noticed that coronavirus is no longer going to them as cough, as this and that, that is, not, is now going to them as joint pains? Anybody seen that? Anything like that? Anybody seen that? Okay. No, if you've seen it, raise your hand so you won't be that I'm dreaming. You've seen it. Now, do you know what is happening? These people are, are, are in fear. Whereas solution is coming, the enemy is driving them to more fear. Very soon they'll say a, a, a symptom of coronavirus is breathing. If you can blink, you have coronavirus. I mean, it's crazy. Say, so have you noticed it's no longer coming? So the thing is going, God is helping. And then they say it's now coming. Very soon they say if you're able to laugh, it's a symptom. Now what is that is this. People don't know the truth. And if you don't know the truth, you become meat in the hands of the devil. It says you shall know the truth. And what will happen? The truth shall make you free. Lack of knowledge of the word is exposing yourself to the enemy. You are working uncovered. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we saw the promise of the resurrection. That's all I'm trying to say. Where Jesus was said he will bruise the head. Now, if you bruise someone's heel... What happens to the person? The person has an injury and it heals. But if you bruise the head, is there a recovery? There's no recovery. That's why at the cross, Jesus finished the devil. As far as you and I are concerned as Christians now, the devil is inconsequential to the fulfillment of God's purpose in our lives. Are you with me? What God has said concerning you, the devil has no contribution to make. It is just between you and him, but we're going to see the full equation, so we see. Another thing we want to pick from this resurrection is the pattern. Now, because we know the promise, unfortunately and unfortunately for us, the promise is behind us. But you see, you marvel, like we've said here several times, how the saints, how the Christians, sorry, how the disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ were not also looking forward to the resurrection. He said it to them, didn't he say it to them? He taught them, he showed them, he explained to them, he did all of that. But none of them could look at him and be expecting that, ah, Jesus has died. Very soon we're going to come and see his what? Resurrected body. None of them. You know why? Because they did not buy into the prophecy. They did not believe the prophecy. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. I said the Lord will help us. So the next one is the pattern. The pattern of resurrection. If you understand these things that I'm telling you, you're going to be a powerful Christian. What is the pattern? In John 12, John 12, please, you can give us 24. Let's just go to 24. Let's read it to everybody. It says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it does what? It remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Can you give us the Living Bible? Okay, let's read this one. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of what? New lives. This is the pattern. Remember when we looked at Isaiah 53, see, he shall see of the travail of his souls and he will be satisfied. Now, if this is the pattern, notice what happens here. It says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground, 
one process. There is a falling. Notice that it didn't, it was not violently put to the ground. It fell. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, nobody takes my life, but what do I do? I lay it down. Now, look at the next one. And then he says, and dies. Now, I, I was reading the, the account of the resurrection, sorry, the account of the crucifixion. And you and I know that at nine o'clock in the morning was when our Lord Jesus Christ was put on the cross. And he was on the cross for six hours. From that nine in the morning till 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Now, from nine till 12, he was okay. Everything was normal. But at 12, everywhere turned black. The sun shot out. Everywhere went dark. And for three hours, no voice, nothing spoke. It was at the end of three hours that he now said, I thirst. And when they put that sponge, he said, it is finished. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then said, it is finished. Now, that process of him was when he laid down his life. Our Lord Jesus could have remained on that cross up to today. I get what I'm saying. Why? Because the sin that was put on him was my sin. It wasn't a sin. That point where he says, my, uh, uh, my father, my father, why has that forsaken? Was a time when the exchange was taking place. But finally, he needed to say, I surrender to this death. Death really didn't take him. I want you to get something there. Now, I'm talking about the pattern. Now, what am I trying to say? As a Christian, there will be things in your life that is God's will, but you can resist. As long as you resist God's will, God's perfect will. The, the, the Bible says, uh, uh, Romans 12 uh, verse 2 now. It says that you may know what, what is that good and acceptable and what? Perfect will of God. There is a good will of God. There is an acceptable will of God. And then there is what? There is a perfect will of God. You experience the perfect will of God when you submit co- totally to what he wants you to do. Is someone getting what I'm saying this morning? Is the pattern. Why am I saying this? If you don't allow this pattern to flow, you will be finding out in your life that the power is not fully manifesting. What we want is the totality of this power to manifest, isn't it? That's what we want. That's what the Apostle Paul was praying, that I may know him. The power of his resurrection, the fellowship. This is what we want. But if we don't understand some of these things, we will never experience it why because that components of the equation you are a christian here in your office god has said this is the height i'm going to make you this in your career this is what i'm going to make you in your business this is what i'm going to make you in the process of his he, of him making you there are going to be situations where you will remember that a grain of wheat must what fall which means that it is not every time you will be rising Hello? It's not every time that you'll be singing a song of happiness. You can be singing a song of joy, but you know happiness and joy are not the same. Somebody explained it well. He said happiness is a thermometer. Joy is a thermostat. Okay? They do different things. Okay? So, you understand this now, that this will of God, I must surrender to it no matter how I feel. In any situation. Why? As I surrender to it, I'm following the pattern. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, what happens? If he doesn't do that, he will still be living. 
Praise the Lord. Can you give us that passage in, uh, I think, Amplified might catch it. The point I want us to see here is this. If the grain of wheat doesn't fall to the ground, it's still a grain of wheat. But the only thing is that it's only a grain of wheat. Okay? So you are just on your own. Nothing. You're just there. And that is what, you know, you can, this is the way you can understand that. If the way my life is being lived is no different from the way the unsaved or the unbeliever or the unredeemed is living, then where is the power of resurrection in my life? Praise the Lord. How many of us have unsaved friends? How many of us know unsaved, you know, um, couples? How many of us know unsaved businessmen, unsaved lawyers, unsaved doctors, unsaved, or, or, you know, are they unsaved pastors? Are they, I don't know. Okay. But if you know any of these people and you see that your life, you're responding to life matters the same way they're responding. Okay. The same way they beat their wife, you beat your wife. The same way they cheat to make money, you cheat. The same way they're afraid of, you know, everything that you're afraid of. If this is my experience, God forbid, then what, where is the resurrection power in my life? Are you getting what I'm saying? If I grow just the same way they grow, if I have to scheme and shove and push to make it, okay? You, you know, you know, you know there, there's been a lot of argument and push. Pastor, we want to, people to be sharing testimonies. And I say, my, my issue with testimonies is that a, a lot of the testimonies that are shared, you know, in most places, they don't follow the pattern of Christ. A lot of the testimonies tell you results. And result is not testimony. The Bible talks about the faith of the elders. It says by faith they obtained what? A good testimony. A good result. So the result must be accompanied by faith process. It's not just what I got. It's how what? Did I get it? And we don't want to encourage people to just come and tell lies and feel good. No. The challenge of the Christian today is that you live in a world where the standards, you know, like I think it was two Wednesdays ago that we talked about the philosophies of men, the traditions of men. Okay. These are things that everybody has accepted. If a sister comes out now and, you know, testimony time and say, praise the Lord. He said, I came to church and the prophet prophesied that in six weeks six days i'll get married and then she says i'm married the prophet prophesied we all shout with the sister be the question is nobody has asked the sister sister how did it happen do you understand who is even this person you married some somebody was um you know somebody that we used to know who is a christian we know let me not deny the person was telling mommy chi recently that she had a child so Momchi said, our sister, you didn't tell us you were married. And the sister said, no, uh, well, uh, the, the, the brother is still divorcing the wife. He hasn't finished the divorce. So she said testimony that she has a child. But what is not in the testimony is what? Are you people for or against? Let me know which side you are. Because I might just be on my own. <laughs> Do you understand? So, so it's not that I made money. Who did you cheat? Who did you push out? What did you do? Most of the testimonies don't lift Christ up. 
The testimony that lives Christ is testimony that bears witness to this process. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and what dies, it abides alone. But if it falls and dies, what happened? It's the testimony of they pushed me out, they said I should go, and then I went and I was crying, and then the word of the Lord came to me and said, Well, do this, and as I did it, hallelujah. Everybody sees and says, Glory to Jesus. That's the way it works. Is someone getting what I'm saying? Okay, so this is the pattern. So somebody came to church this morning. Let me go. And your life is as though it's going down. And that going down is not out of disobedience. It's not out of rebellion. You're doing the will of God. You're enjoying fellowship with the Lord. And it's as though it's going down. And you know you can resist it. But something is saying, don't resist it. Don't resist it. Don't speak for yourself. You know, there are so many things we learn from the res- uh, 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 crucifixion and resurrection. The Bible says when he was reviled, did not revile in return. If Jesus had argued with the chief priests and the, uh, the, 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 the leaders of the Jews, Pilate would not have condemned him. Pilate said, give a defense for yourself. Don't you know I have power to set you free? But you see, he was submitting to the known will of God. There is a known will of God. So you don't fight it. You surrender to it. Why? Because you know that as sure as it's this God that created the heavens, if you go down in obedience, he will raise you in faithfulness. That's the pattern. So I don't worry when I see Christians going through. I used to worry before. But once I know you're a serious believer, I know that raising, lifting is coming. Doesn't the Bible say, humble yourself, what? Under the mighty hand of God. And what will happen? He said, he will. You do the humbling, he does the raising. That's the pattern. So there's a promise, there's the pattern. The last one we would do for time today is very simple. The patience of his resurrection. You may have thought about this before, but I, I, I hadn't really given it a thought until the Spirit of God quickened this to me. The patience of what? His resurrection. Let, let, let's see a few scriptures. Matthew 16, 21, please. Just for emphasis. It's something we know very well. It says, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be what? Killed. Then read the last part with me, everybody. And be raised. Let me hear you. And be raised what? I want to ask you a question. Why was he not raised the next day? God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. God is omnipotent. He's almighty. We know he was raised with the resurrection power. Did the resurrection power need three days to walk? So why? 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 Sister, why? Somebody has been asking God, why? Now, God is saying, help me think why. The son of God was shot in the grave. He had died, isn't it? Don't you see magicians, when they cut somebody in peace, in two, they bring the person back immediately. They don't distribute the person after bringing it together. Why even dilator? Why not the moment he dies, he jumps up again? Why? Have you thought about that? Why? The reason is this. Well, now let, let me not even say the reason. 
The thing is this, God in his wisdom, you know the Bible says his ways are not our ways. God in his wisdom has put some things in his word so that it can help us learn the way he operates. Many of us have seen the story of the bamboo tree, isn't it? Where you plant the bamboo tree and what begins to happen? For the first year, nothing is happening. For the second year, nothing. For the t- if you don't know that, do you know that if, if that information is not available, there will be no bamboo trees in the world. Because people will plant cassava on top of where they planted bamboo tree. Because they will think that this one is dead and gone. Okay? But I don't know how and why God in his own plan had decided that some things would take time. That's why you came to church. Some things will do what? Will take time. God has healed you, but some healings will take time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God has blessed you, but some of, Joseph went into Egypt, and from the moment he got in there, the Bible says God was what was with him. But he was a fool. He served at his houseboyship fully. When he finished being a houseboy, he served being a a a a, 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 a convict also fully. I get what I'm saying. God has decided that he will allow some things to happen. From Friday, Good Friday, when our Lord Jesus Christ died, till the resurrection morning. Do you know what would have been happening in hell? They were throwing parties. Do you know what the devil was doing? He was popping champagnes. Do you know what the chief priests were doing? They were saying, aha, where is he? We have finished him. And at that time, the disciples were mourning. They were in grief. They were in shame. Peter must have been wondering, is this what I left my fishing business for? I should have gone with that breakthrough that I had. This was the situation for Friday, Saturday, up till Sunday. And you wonder, why did Jesus, you know, why did he have to go through all of that? Just for our instruction. So that when your own life experience comes... You can endure some of these situations knowing that the same God who said to Jesus Christ, I will raise you on the third day. Means I will leave you for the first day. I will leave you for the second day, but you're not abandoned. Is somebody getting the gospel? Because the challenge is that many times we Christians, we don't wait. And to, to, to help us people of God understand what we're talking about. When, when we say three days here now, the Bible says with the Lord, a day is as a thousand years. Now, now, l- let me help you. Um, Pastor Go, when you were praying, when we were praying last night, we prayed, what is God saying now? The moment, you know, I'd already known that, but as we prayed it, the Lord said, what I'm saying now, and I'm, I've been saying it. He said, behold, I come what? Quickly. Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is what is with me. Some persons are backsliding because they've been serving God, and it's as though God is not recognizing them. The, that has your three days passed? Three days, Jesus was in the pit of the earth, the Son of God. So, can't even if it's my entire lifetime, can't I allow Him, expecting that on the resurrection morning? People of God, go and read every parable where Jesus told us about the kingdom. Where he says the master went to a far place. None of the people were rewarded until he came back. Has he come back? Why are you you saying you are abandoned? 
Is it not when he comes back that you will know? Why is someone judging another person? Why am I looking and saying, look at my wife and 17 children? Look at my 17 cars and 7,000 houses. Why am, I, why am I counting them? When the master hasn't come back, the owner of everything that I'm counting. Because we didn't pick that lesson from the resurrection. Everybody that was rejoicing in those three days started sorrowing. And their sorrowing was finer. Those who were sorrowing in those three days started rejoicing. And their rejoicing was finer. Which one do you want? That is the message of the cross. That is the pattern. He put it for us three days in the grave. He said, why? I, can't, I could have brought him out the next day. So when, as believers, we face life situations. And we are asking, now, 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 now. I, I've told you this. I've mentioned this to you before. As a young Christian, you know, I think that's when God started helping me with the spirit of discernment. There's a preacher that was popular in those days. I think it's about 1996 or so. His, his, um, his preaching, every of his sermon, is Jesus will answer you now, 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 now. Now, 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 now. And his ministry was so prosperous. If I mention the name, he, he, his convoy used to be about 12 cars. He was an Igbo man. Some of us will know him. He was prosperous. Where is he today? Now, now, now has expired. He has gone. You know what? That is not the gospel. That is not the gospel. Do, do you know what the gospel did for us? What God did for us? He took an entire book. In fact, the oldest book of the Bible, Job. And put there, what is the message of Job? Patience. We don't have 1% patience in our lives. That's why the devil can deceive us. Because something works, you say, ah, it's, it's it. Something doesn't work, immediately say, it's not working. Why would you do that with him? If he left his body. How many of us have, have suffered before? I mean, how, how do I put this question now? Lord, help me. How do I put this question? Okay, let me use myself. I think I've also told you this story before. As a young Christian, you know, then I hated police and police hated me. How many can identify? We, they hated, I mean, once I got born again, it was as though the, the police became the enemy, but God has delivered me. Police is my friend. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. So I had an experience. I was in a car, you know, I was fixing my car. So I was in a, a taxi and I had bought some parts. I was going to fix my car. And then the police people were at the checkpoint. I can't remember exactly what was happening, but it, they weren't, they, I was not the issue. But, you know, what I used to think then was a holy anger. But maybe it was just um, looking for trouble or what. I went and confronted, yes, it was the car that was carrying me. They were trying to get money from me. So I said to the man that if you give them any money, I will deal with you. So you know what? The police people turned and arrested me. I thought it was a joke. They took me to the police. I was making noise. You know, who do you think like joke, like joke. And they handed me to one policewoman. You know, police is terrible. But when you meet policewoman, that's Terry, Terry squared. This woman slapped me. Hey. You know? I didn't know what to do. Long and short was that that day, I, I, they, they put me in cell. With all my gra-gra. <laughs> 
I was inside the cell. For what? For just saying uh, corruption is bad, bribery is bad, you know? Long and short was that when you're in cell, when you finally end up there, eh? you want to come out. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> that, that's the end of my story. You see? When you enter cell, you don't want to eat lunch there. You want to come out. I know what I'm saying. You want to come out. You, you see, that place is bad. Flesh of 17 days that have not been washed. Sweat, you know, you sweat and I say I'm uncomfortable. Sweat that had become like custard. Cell is bad. If you're in a bad situation and you can tell God when to bring it, nobody will say, keep me for a few more days. Child of God, if your Lord and Savior could stay in the pit of hell or the pit of the earth, whatever it was, one day, two days, three days, because he knew that there would be a resurrection, what can you not go through? What won't you allow him to do? Some persons have pointed fingers in the face of God. Because God just withheld something for a few days. To help us. Even the children of Israel. You know, after God brought them. If you can read that account. The Bible is such a beautiful, you know, it's, it's God's work. So why won't it be beautiful? After God brought them, he'll say he will allow them walk three days in the wilderness. And they will see no water. What happens next is what? They start saying to Moses, you should have left us in Egypt. You should have allowed us. Why did you bring us out? But they were not there. But if they understood that everywhere you find faith, patience is to follow. If you add patience to your faith, you'll be unstoppable. The Bible says, be followers of those what? who through faith and what? Patience. Who through faith and what? Pa- patience is what shows to me and you, or rather how we show God that he is God, we are not God. That's how we prove to him. When I put my faith in God, you see, faith is not a transfer of who is God. Praise the Lord. Faith is not God relinquishing his Godship to you. Faith is God bringing you in to knowing the way he works. Knowing that what the thing you have believed in for is settled already. That is what faith is. Faith says to God, I know that you've spoken it and as far as I'm concerned, it is settled and I believe it. Now we say faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If I have it, I've told you, I've asked you a question here. Many of us in Abuja have bought lands, even though, you know, in the process I've also lost a few. But we have bought lands that we don't know where they are. The only thing you know is that you have the paper. And many times you don't go to the land to verify. You know where you go? You go to ages. It's your land in ages. You know why? You have faith in ages. When you have faith in God and you're in doubt, you don't say, let me see. You say, God, let me talk to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Faith is what brings you into God to see who he is and to understand his capability and to perceive the love that he has for you. That's why the Bible would say to you, and it say, he that did not withhold his only son, Jesus Christ, but gave him up for you. He said, how shall he not with him? 
freely, without charge, give you all things. Child of God, what is that that you're believing God for? That is more than him giving his son for you. And the son he gave to you is not future, it's past tense. That's why we always say it here. That God will never prove his love to anybody again. He has demonstrated it already. When Jesus hung on the cross, God demonstrated his love. He commended his love towards us that what? That while we are yet seen as Christ did or die for us. Now, every other situation, I need to now put faith in that love. The patience. Three days. And do you know the other side of this thing that I'm saying to you? Judgment also has its lapse. Some people think they are getting away with their trouble. With their sin and with their lifestyle. Oh no. How many Nigerians are here? We're Nigerians. Don't be heartbroken about the things that I have. God will balance the equation. He will bring the, the wicked will yet regret. You know, the Bible says if sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, he said the hearts of men will be set to do evil. But on judgment day, there will be many preachers. The wicked will be preaching. Ah! It's not good to be bad. Do you understand? Because there is a three day lag. So those who do evil will think they get away with it. Those who are killing will think they get away. Christians that are living lives anyhow will think that they're getting away with it. You're not getting away. The Bible says the sins of some people, they follow immediately. But the sins of some people do what? They come much later. They come much later. So while it is the truth to encourage the faithful, it is also the truth to warn the wicked. Especially those who hear the truth. The unbeliever doesn't know. Praise the Lord. The unbeliever doesn't know. But the Christian, who knows? Do you know the pain, even if there is no other punishment? The pain that Jesus will come and now say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the reward, and this brother enters. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the reward, and this sister enters. Then they come to you and they say, Ah, sister... Do you know what you do to yourself alone? Knowing that you could have. Are you getting what I'm saying? But because it's not automatic, because this thing is not immediate, that's why we fail. But this morning, praise the Lord, as we are learning the truth, you know, going through the things of the resurrection, we are coming to see that there were three days of nothing. Three days of no word. Three days of no miracle. Three days of nothing. Jesus didn't do anything. The disciples didn't hear anything. They didn't feel anything. The angels didn't do anything. The only activity then was from hell. On the streets of Jerusalem, they would have been walking. Say, yeah, we done it. We done it. We done it. And that three days, child of God, represents the generation that we are in. I'm rounding up now. The truth is this. As long as we are in this dispensation, it's the three days. You know why? Jesus has only come his first coming. And what did he say? He says, I am what? Coming back. And my reward is with me. Every child of God hearing me, you must receive the grace to push through as long as you're in this lifetime. There'll be moments of ease. There'll be situations that will hold you up. So that the word that says you will not be tempted beyond what you can bear will be there. But the glory, the real glory is what the Bible talks about when it says looking unto what? Jesus, the author 
and the finisher of our faith. Who what? For the joy, the, there is no joy set before me here. What can be the joy that is set before me? I've told you here how many years ago. The joy, okay, maybe let me use that for emphasis. How many years ago? There was a time I wanted to tear rubber in a car. And for some of us, maybe that's what you want. You know, to buy a car and the mileage is zero, zero, zero. Okay? And it was, I was excited to come to it. That car is one of the least cars I enjoyed. Because after I tore the rubber and sat in it and drove it, the question is, and then? Do, do people tell themselves the truth? And then? And then what else? Whatever it is that is a, an issue to you now in this life. How many of us have got healed and then they forgot they were sick, not even to remember they were healed? It's when somebody says something, remember that's true, there was a time this arm was aching me. But the moment it stopped, what? It escapes. Nothing else here. What we are in is that we are in those three days where this world is undergoing a waiting. When the owner, the master, the reconciler, the perfecter of all things is going to come. And then he will say to you, daughter, enter into that which was prepared for you. Where we are in now is not prepared. It's a place of process. Child of God. The resurrection tells us that we should endure these three days because there's a raising coming. Let's bow our heads. I would have wanted to talk about the power, but let's leave the power. Because if you and I get the patience where you know (laughs) I'm waiting on God. The Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. That's the life of the Christian. We, I, the, the, where is disappointment? Where is discouragement? Where is depress? How can you depress somebody who understands that his master was in the grave three days? Three days dead, the father could raise him, but he said, no, this is the word I've spoken This is the pattern. This is how it will follow. Today, Lord, I surrender to your plan, to your way. You rose from the dead, giving me an evidence that my body will not be left. My story will not be left. Joseph was forgotten by the king's butler. But when the day came, Nothing could stop his being remembered. The God we serve is a dependable God. The God you and I serve is a reliable God. He is coming. He's coming. Both in the full time and in different specific situations. Some of us may be in very particular situations. And it's as though everything is turned against you. But you have believed. This morning I just come to say, look at the resurrection. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. 
Hold on. Hold on, sister. Hold on, brother. Hold on. Hold on. For behold, he cometh. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. The pain is severe, but hold on. You have begun to believe him. Hold on. The embarrassment. Everybody talks about you, but hold on. Keep pressing on. Do not quit your confession. Hold fast the confession of your faith. Hold fast the testifying of your faith. Hold fast. Because the one whom you have believed is faithful. Who also will perform what he has promised. He is God. He has never failed. But he has the way he works. This is the way he works. He makes all things beautiful in his time and in its time. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will obey you. I will yield to you. I will lift up my eyes to you. I will remember the cross. You know, when the Bible keeps speaking and talks about the cross, the cross, I will remember the cross, that on the cross, after my Lord died, three days, he was forsaken. But on the third day, he was raised to a newness of life. There is a raising sister. There is a raising brother. The book of Revelation 3.11 begins to say to us, Behold, I'm coming quickly. It says, hold fast. Hold fast that which you have. I've come to strengthen you, my brother. Hold fast your faith. Don't be discouraged because all around you is as though everyone is passing you. It's as though the things that you have asked were not heard. He says, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Hold fast what you have. You have something. You have something. Hold it. The patience of his resurrection. He didn't raise. He wasn't raised the next day. The same way there's a raising for you. There's a raising. There's a raising. There's a raising. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. The Bible begins to tell us in Hebrew. It says if, if anyone turns back. It says my soul shall not have pleasure in him. I want you to pray that the Lord will strengthen you. That your heart will be strengthened. That you will be strong in the faith. That we will not be among those who draw back. Lord, give me endurance. He says, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Our Lord Jesus had boasted to them, my father who sent me is always with me. Because I do those things that please him. No one takes my life. I lay it down and I pick it up. I and the father are one. He told them all of that. When he hung on the cross and died, they waited one hour. Two hours, three hours, the end of Friday came, Saturday came, nothing like that happened. So the Bible says, I also, Hebrews 10, that's where I am, 36 now, I have need of endurance, so that after I've done the will of God, I may receive the promise. 
Lord, I thank you for grace to endure. Many of us have had specific words of God spoken to us. Some by men of God, some in our spirits. This is who you will be. This is what I will make of you. But time, time has passed and time has passed. And you have begun to live life anyhow. You have begun to make decisions anyhow. God has spoken concerning your family, concerning your career, concerning different things. But time has passed and you can't endure anymore. So you wake up every day. Living like what gonna be, gonna be. There is no what gonna be. The word of God, the promises of God must surely come to fulfillment. He never lies. Tell him I will wait. Tell him I will endure. Tell him I will obey. Text 7 goes on to say, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, say my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back. We don't draw back. We hold on. I want that faithful believer to be strengthened. I want you to walk out of this place with full assurance of faith. And for one or two persons who are here, I just want you to know that Jesus is coming soon also. And when he comes, He's going to ask you, you heard the gospel. What did you do with the invitation? This morning you're here. You have never surrendered your life to Jesus. I want to beg you. He's coming. And when he comes on that day, he's going to take his own. He's going to say to his own, come into the kingdom prepared for you by my father he said to us if you are ashamed of me here i will also be ashamed to confess you before my father but if you confess me before men that's why i'm confident that Leah sharibu will have a glorious end if you confess me before men i will also confess you before my father let's just thank the lord father we thank you I had a prayer for us to pray, but because of time, I may leave it. But, but we can just put it on the screen. It is simply Revelation 3.11. We looked at that. Revelation 22.12. We can just look at that again. Revelation 22.12. Let's read it to everybody. Those of us that are born again. Everyone. Father, we thank you. I... I'm looking forward to your coming. And I pray that my brethren will look forward to your coming. May their rewards be great. I say, may your reward be great. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the words you've spoken. Let grace come with your word. Let power come with your word. Let everyone here present and those listening online. Make us true witnesses of your resurrection. That this world may know indeed that Jesus Christ is Lord. Praise your name forever. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 703 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.